Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. We're so glad you're here today. Welcome to those that are visiting. It's an honor to have you guys here at Oasis Church Chicago. Uh, We are a church here, as Pastor Nick said, that's just crazy about Jesus. We just want to know him more. We want to go after his presence. We want to be closer to his heart. Amen? Amen. We just come out of a series on Holy Spirit, and we, uh, we, we did a whole summer series on, on the Holy Spirit, and so if you've been with us over the summer, I, I, I pray that it continues to build you, strengthen you, and mold you. Next week, we're going to be heading into a, a new series, um, a formation series that we're going to be working through together at our old groups and times together, but um, looking forward to that. It's on Sabbath. It's on rest. Come on, so show up. Be a part of this time. It's going to be an awesome um, five weeks, I think, is what we're going through. I think I'm looking at these guys. Yes, five weeks, five weeks. Um, but today, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to minister and wanted me to just share a message that, um, truth be told, I actually preached in this house uh, a few years back. Um, and it's one that I've, I've actually been um, traveling as I've been traveling and speaking Um, The Lord's been just gracing this as I go to different places. And and as I was praying through just what the Lord wanted me to share today, he he just brought this to mind. And and I really believe this is for every single one of us today. I feel like what the Lord has placed on on this is is for each and every one of us to grow, to learn, to go deeper, to have a revelation deep in our heart of who the Father is, for some stuff that is in us to come out of us. Hello? Some stuff that's deep in us to come out of us. And so um, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Um, I put a title to this message called Balcony versus the Battlefield. Come on, that's a good title to a message. Balcony versus the Battlefield. I've had one coffee today. Okay, I lied. I've had one coffee and one cold brew today. So I'm feeling a little energized today. That's two coffees. That's, that's black coffee and a little extra black coffee. Uh, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's here today, and he's about to just minister. I, I, I'm going to preach today. Is that all right? Balcony versus the battlefield, the story of David. We all love the story of David and Goliath, yeah? Come on, we all love that story. We love, we love declaring it, speaking it, taking down the giant. Come on, we all love that pump-up message. David was a man, a human being. Yes? Somehow, some way, we get that uh, Bible characters, men and women in the Bible, they had some superhero power. They were just normal people. Come on, you with me? The people we read about just were normal people, touched by God, uh, available to God, said yes to God. Come on, you, uh, can, I, can I say this to somebody? You, your, your yes to God can be the most empowering thing for your life, just by simply saying yes. He uses available people, people that are open to him. And that's, that's all throughout scripture. That, that's who he used. Sometimes people walk into church or into faith and they feel like they got to be like the person next to him or they got to understand the word like the person in their, in their old group. Can I just remind you that wherever you're at in this thing, God is moving. He's speaking by his spirit. He's going to continue to move in you, teach you, grow you, shape you, mold you, help you if you just say yes. So David was anointed king at a, at a young age, right? And um, 
I love that story. When David gets anointed king, his dad forgets about him. <laughs> He's like, I have another son. Um, God's never forgotten about you. He's never forgotten about you. He sees you. So he gets anointed king, and then he goes out, fights Goliath, and then he enters into his role as being king over the people of God, and he conquers, he rules, he reigns, he, he, he has battles that he goes and, and is a part of for many, many years, and it comes to this moment in David's life where if you read this story, if you're new to faith, you read this story, this is a, well, regardless of new or old, this is a crazy story of, in the Bible. This is a story of tragedy, heartache, pain, evil. This, this story in itself is nuts. And David just finishes all these battles and he comes to this place where, where he's tired, people believe. He's, he's weary. He's worn down. And he comes to this moment where what is in his heart deep comes out. Can I, when you're squeezed in life, that's when you truly know what's in you. You want that one for free today? When you're squeezed and pressed in situations, you'll know what's in you. Hello? Like, like when I'm pressed and I'm squeezed and things come out of me that I don't like, I'm like, that's in me. That's a root in me. That thing's got to go. And Jesus, like there, there is a squeezing that happens to us. And, and I truly believe that as the people of God, when we get squeezed, when we get pressed, we don't have to have things come out of us that are ungodly. We can be people that continue to go after his presence and get strong. But David in this moment is squeezed, is pressed, is tired, is in the wrong place that he's not supposed to be in. And he gets caught. All right. Verse one, balcony versus battlefield in the spring at the time when kings go off to war. What does that say? When kings go off to war, what is David? Who is David? He's a king. David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba. So that means they surrounded the town of Reba. They did not take it over. They've surrounded it. They, they have it uh, surrounded. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. Okay, this is a crazy story. This is nuts. David, a man after God's own heart, falls to this, the story gets worse. David then tries to cover it up, tries to hide it, conceal it, sends Uriah, brings him in and, and hopes that Uriah would go and sleep with his wife. And, and, and Uriah comes off the battlefield. He's one of David's mighty men. And he comes in off the battlefield and he says, absolutely not, king. I, I will stay guard. I will do what I'm called to do. I will, I will stand at your door. So David wakes up the one time and he says, where's Uriah? And they said, he stood outside your door. Then David gets him drunk. How many of you know, when you don't confess some things in your life, you just keep going in some really bad directions. Your, your, your moments of you trying to cover it up, God is not a God of exposing things just for the sake of exposing. He's trying to stop you from doing the 10 other things that are going to cause you some heartache. Hello, that's a good word today. 
So he gets Uriah drunk, and then Uriah, even drunk, goes back and says, I will not spend time with my wife. I am a mighty warrior. I am called to stand at the door of you, King David. I heard a pastor say recently, I've heard it before, that Uriah had more character drunk than David did sober. Uriah stands outside and says, absolutely not. So then David is at a loss. He sends Uriah out to the battlefield and sends him to the front of the line and all intended to, to make sure that Uriah doesn't come back and Uriah gets murdered and killed on the battlefield. And David has a mess on his hands. At the time when kings went off to war, David sat. We all have balconies in our lives, if we're going to be honest today. Now, that's a really big balcony. Hello? That's a really massive, different things that happen, different situations, things that, that were tragic and dark. But if we're being honest today, we all have some form of a balcony in our hearts. I love balcony moments in my life. There is a good thing to rest in life. Hear me, we're about to go into Sabbath series. We're going to talk about resting with the Lord. There's a difference. Hello? There's carnal rest, and then there's godly rest. You want me to talk about it? There's carnal rest, and then there's godly rest. Carnal rest is sitting on Instagram for four hours and being like, I just wasted my time. Carnal rest is filling your schedule with a bunch of things instead of spending time with God because you're so afraid to get with God because what he might say to you might disrupt all of your plans. You wanted me to say it. I'll say it. There's a difference. David is tired. He's weary. He's broken down, and he finds himself on a balcony of carnal rest. My, my wife and I, we, you know, mo most of you know this, we have a two, a little bit close to two and a half year old Titus, and then we have Eden, who's about a little over two months. We need rest. <laughs> there are moments when, when we just go and we go and sit in a room with no noise, and we just stare at a wall. <laughs> We're just like, this is good. <laughs> Someone sat here, said, don't speak. <laughs> we need rest. But not all rest. Is good. In the life of a believer, I truly, I really do hold firm to this. There's no days off. There's no days off. Now hear me, you can have bad days, you can have valley seasons, you can be like, I'm, but there, there truly is it not a time, because, because one turns into two, two turns into three, three turns into a week, a week turns into a month, and a month turns into 10 years now, you're just like, I'm just kind of going through the motions. The life of a believer is called to get into this thing, to walk in this thing, to, to share God's kingdom, to share his will here on this earth. If you think that your salvation was just for you to get a ticket to heaven, you're missing it. Can I preach? Like, like you're saved. Praise the Lord. You are following Yahweh. You're giving your loyalty to Yahweh. Guess what? The moment you said yes to him, you died. How many of you love that? <laughs> Someone's like, no, wait, what? <laughs> your plans, your ideas, your purposes, your callings that you put on yourself, they all died, and Jesus took Lord, and he took authority over your life. Do you understand that? Jesus is not just Savior Jesus. He's Lord Jesus. And he calls us to go and to move and to show his kingdom, to reveal his kingdom, to walk in authority and power, not the authority and power to lord over people, but to serve people, to reveal the kingdom. This is the calling for every single one of us. The reality is, though, is that we get tired. We get weary. We get caught. 
and we find ourselves on some balconies that God never called us to sit on. The fact of the matter is this, is that I think the Lord in his kindness, as we're moving as a body, as we're moving as a people, he's trying to reveal some balconies in us that, that need to be healed and, and restored. Some places in your life where you've become desensitized. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You've become so shut off to God and the things of him. You've just kind of rejected him and pushed away. Some of you have, have had some patterns in life that nobody knows about. You've become so desensitized. You actually don't think that God can heal you. You don't think that actually God can restore that stuff. Today is the day that God is going to transform that, I believe. The balconies in our lives are not where we're called to stand on, but instead to go and fight. So as mighty men and women, in order to do this, we need to just ask the Father today to, to, to work in us in just three different things I want to teach on. You guys doing all right? First and foremost is this. If we want to get into this thing, if we want to be a part of the kingdom of God that's moving, if we want to be the people that God's called us to be, we actually have to ask God to reveal the balconies. When's the last time you asked God to show you the junk that's still in you? That's rhetorical. Don't Someone's like, actually, this morning. Well, I'm saved. Yeah, but it's called sanctification. Okay, that's a church word. I got saved, so, so I'm good. Well, yeah, you are. But there's work in you that the Spirit wants to do. There's an identity deep within you that he wants to impart in you. If we're being honest, we all have these. These balconies that we've allowed to, to, to be the foundation that we stand on, the balconies that we've allowed to, to, to show uh, who we actually are. And, and the Father today in his kindness is just looking around this room and he's going, I want to show you some balconies that you've sat on that you're not called to sit on. I mean, let's be honest. Over the last couple months, over the last year and a half, we've watched some balconies be created. I'm not here to get political. You know this house. We don't get political in this house. That's, we don't serve this politics of this nation or this world. That's a good word. When you died and came to life through Jesus, you are now part of the kingdom of God. Okay, catch that. Your political stuff, that's fine. We believe that. Vote, choose, wisdom, operate, all that stuff. But first, kingdom. But if we're being honest, we've seen people rest on the balconies of so many different things. Some of you in this room, you are sitting on the balcony of complacency. Some of you in this room, you're sitting on the balcony of fear. Okay, we say the word fear in church a lot. And we're just like, faith in Jesus' name. And you're like, but I'm actually, I'm actually dealing with some stuff. <laughs> faith. It's like, no, seriously, can someone pray for me? <laughs> Fear is real in a sense, but fear is false experiences or environments or expect. You could put whatever word E beginning with E in there appearing real. Fear is not of God. OK, fear rears its head all the time. I can't tell you how many times in my life as a believer I have felt gripped by fear. And what I have found myself is I park myself there. And so every lens that I look through is through a balcony of me sitting in fear. 
I think everyone's against me. I think everything bad is going to happen to me. I think all these things are going to go wrong. Hello, is anybody? Like, there's fear that has taken an attachment to me. Some of you have the balcony of rejection. Okay, this is a really awesome message today. Some of you, you've been rejected time and time and time again. That's your balcony that you sit on. You can't operate any other way except through the lens and through the heart of rejection. So every time you react to something, it's because the spirit of rejection has been what you've been sitting on. You've been rejected by your parents. Maybe you've been rejected by a past relationship. Maybe some of you ladies in this house, you've been rejected by three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine men. Here's the reality. God did not call you to sit on that balcony of rejection. Should we talk about the fruit of the spirit today? Some of you have a balcony of pride. I'm right, and ain't nobody going to tell me. Can I, can I be honest? One of the most beautiful things in the body that's needed is a spirit that's able to receive correction and love. I'm 34. I, don't, I haven't been around that long. But one thing I know that the word's really clear on is get corrected. It's good. Oh, <laughs> This is a church that loves God and loves you all. And we're not here to be like, we're going to a church that's going to pull you into a room and start telling you all the things are wrong about it. No. I believe the Holy Spirit is the biggest one to correct us and to reveal to us. But I'm so thankful that I have godly counsel around me, men and women that are older than me, that have gone a little bit further than me, that are strong men and women that are the same peers, that look at me sometimes and are like, nah. And if I'm being honest, my pride, the balcony of I can figure this thing out, rises up. And you know what it does? Hurts me more than it does anything of help to me. Some of you have the balcony of selfish ambition. You don't want me to be ambitious, pastor? I'm, that was it. That was the last straw of this church. <laughs> we want you to be great. God wants you to be great. The Father wants you to do great in my thing. The Father wants you to own businesses generate a bunch of kingdom wealth? No way. He's about money. We've seen this TV evangelist. That's not kingdom wealth. Kingdom wealth is generating wealth inside of the body so that we can minister it out to the city around us. Selfish ambition, though, is saying, this is all about me. This is me getting me. This is David had a deep root of selfish ambition. I got a little pleasure thing rising up in me. I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to grab, I'm going to reach, I'm going to take hold of whatever it is that I need. That is a balcony that the Holy Spirit is revealing to some in this room. Some of us have a balcony of laziness. I'm just going down the list today. This is like, you're like, when's mine coming? <laughs> How many of you know we're not called to be lazy? This, I, I love this generation so much. The older folks are like, give it to them. Show them the way. <laughs> Show them the way. Show them. <laughs> Laziness is not of God. David became lazy. He should have been fighting. He, he stayed on a balcony and rested and got lazy. Some of us have a balcony of toxic relationships. We keep getting trapped in the same cycle of stuff. 
Why just keep choosing the wrong guy? Or, <laughs> where's my wife? She'd be. <laughs> Maybe it's not all them. Maybe in your heart you've settled, guys and girls. Some of you in your marriages, you've settled on the balcony of just, man, it is what it is. It's never going to change. She's her, I'm me. That's just the way this is going to go. <laughs> oh, that's not kingdom. And that's not God's call for marriage. Some of you have just sat on balconies where, where God has said clearly to you, or maybe even right now, this is the first time, come off that balcony. Come off that balcony. He's revealing it right now to the, place, uh, the places that are, that are deep in hearts. Can I be honest, guys? What you guys do in the private will always flow out into the public. You think you can hide these things? You think you can just go a little further in these things? You, oh, tomorrow I'll take it and bring it up to God. Or tomorrow I'll get a little bit more intimate with the Father. Tomorrow, like, like I'm telling you guys, we don't have tomorrow. Today is the day of restoration by the hand of God today. God, I, I, I need help. When's the last time you asked God for help? And I'm not talking because you needed some money in your bank account. I'm not talking because you needed a job. When's the last time you said, God, I have this thing in me and I need it to go? One of my, one of my balconies in life, actually, for, for many, many years, and I, and I still, it still flares up. Can I share a personal story? Is this okay? Um, is insecurity. Comparison. Well, I wasn't as talented as this guy. I wasn't as good as this person. I didn't have this much as that person. And, and it just ran me down into the ground. My identity was wrapped up in a balcony of comparison. I actually had a dream last night. I woke up and Rachel was like, how'd you sleep? And I was like, actually not good. I had a dream last night of, um, I was in college, which is really where this insecurity balcony like moment started to flare up. You guys know my story, most of you, but um, I had a dream that I couldn't find my, my wallet with my license. I, and I was running around going, I don't know who I am. I can't find this. If I don't, if I don't know this stuff, I can't get into this stuff. This happened last night. If I, if I don't have my wallet, if I don't have my license, if I, I can't do anything, I won't know who I am. People won't know who I am. And, and I don't know, some, at some moment, someone walked up to me, and it was after college, and they were just like, yo, Jay, here. And it was like a brand new, maybe because I just bought a new wallet the other day. <laughs> it's a nice wallet. It's got a zipper on it. Anyways. Everyone's like, what is he talking about? And he handed me this new wallet in the dream. And, it, and it, was, it was like the picture that I had on my old license was so dark and dreary and messy and just nasty. And I got the new wallet. I opened up and there was my license and I was smiling. Who smiles in a license picture? Some of you are like, I do. Rachel's like this. I like to take a mugshot. I'm like, I'm smiling in the picture. And the Lord revealed to me, Jay, that balcony of insecurity and comparison that caused you to be dormant, that caused you to be tired, that caused you to be upset and filled with anger, I'm revealing that once again because that thing may be trying to rise up right now, but you are brand new in me in Jesus' name. Lord, show us the balconies. Show us the balconies. But the goodness of God is this. <laughs> he doesn't leave us. 
How many of you think that God should have left David? The rest of you are saints. This brother had sex with a woman. We say sex in this church. So kids, he said sex in church. Yeah, because if we don't talk about it, who's going to? Oh, the Holy Spirit's like. Um, <laughs> sex is beautiful under God's authority and covering. The church is not a, like, like we've created this culture where it's like, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to die. It's like, it's like, that's literally what I thought. I was like, if I do, I'm going to die. <laughs> You guys know my story. I wasn't a virgin when I married my wife. I had all sorts of chaos and destruction. But when I came under covenant covering with my wife and my bride, and I realized the picture of God's heart for intimacy with your spouse, I wouldn't trade it for silver or gold. Sex is powerful and is beautiful under God's authority and covering. Okay. <laughs> Amen. David sleeps with this woman, impregnates her, gets her husband drunk, tries to get him to go sleep, tries to cover up, goes and sends his brother to the battlefield. I mean, if that's not a story to be like, I think that might be a little bit too much junk. Let me just say that. That's a, that, right? I mean, I don't mean to downplay this, but like, all Adam and Eve did was eat an apple. <laughs> Shoot. We have fun. Come on, guys. This is good. This is church. Peyton, can you come up in two minutes to, to get me on track and make me sound holy? And God, through all of this, Chases David down. Chases him down. God comes to a moment with David and begins to release him of all this stuff. Nathan, the prophet, arrives to David. And when Nathan arrives, David's standing there and Nathan shares a story to him. In essence, it's, it's a story about two men and it's really talking about David and David. David has no clue that Nathan's referring to him or knows what's going on. And David tells him, you've sinned against both God and man. And what's powerful in that moment is that David doesn't run away. David doesn't have the prophet killed. Hello? David doesn't look at him in the face and say, you're so wrong. David comes to a, a moment where it's a holy moment. And he says... Yes, I've sinned against God and man. Release me, Father, from this stuff. I think that's so, prof see, that's hard. Some of our theology is like, well, well he's got to deal with the consequences. He should be banned from this. That's true. Sin's, sin has consequences. Hello? Come on. Like, you, like your choices matter. They will have consequences to you and to the people around you. There, there's a crazy moment in that story where, where you can read it, where David loses the firstborn son. Like he loses that child. But just because there's, there's correction doesn't mean that there's restoration. 
God does not want David to sit and stay on the balcony of shame, of condemnation, of sin. He calls him and says, come out. Our God is a God of release. Our God is a God of restoration. Man, can I tell you, because somebody in this room, you're like, man, pastor, if you knew my story, you knew the, the testimony, like you would not want me in your church. The reality is this, none of us belong in this place. None of us belong in these seats. None of us belong at the feet of Jesus. But the goodness of our God is that he is a God that takes any person that is broken, no matter how broken you are, and he restores them and he puts them back together by the blood of Jesus Christ. As long as we're saying, hey, Father, I'm here. You've revealed this stuff in me and it sounds, it's messy, it's hard. And man, if I just express to someone, no, 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 that's not the body. That's not God's grace. The grace of God is I'm here to restore. God doesn't want to just reveal stuff to you. He wants to release it off your life. Come on, he doesn't just show you stuff just to be like, that would be a terrible thing. I would not be doing this thing. Straight up, can we have an honest moment? If that was the God that we served, that he just revealed stuff, and he was like, ah, deal with that, figure it out, get into the stories of the Bible and figure it out. No, God shows us the stuff and then begins to release it off of our life if we just say yes. I was hooked on alcohol. I was drinking like five, six, seven days a week. Some of you know this. I got saved. Did I stop drinking? Some of you are like, wow, okay, I thought that was going the other direction. <laughs> I got time. Every day, for weeks, if not months, I kept hearing the Lord say, Give it up. That wasn't God. That was just somebody else talking. Okay, give it up. This is a season and a moment, Jay, for you to be refined. Give it up. I mean, you know, it gets really tiring fighting God. Like, I'd go to bed tired, and I just, like, didn't do anything all day. I'm like, why am I so tired? And God said, because you're not giving it up. I'm like, Again, God, you got to tell me, I'm not, this is not of the Lord. <laughs> He's like, give it up, give it up, give it up. And I came to the place where I was like, oh my goodness, Father, you're revealing this stuff to me. You're revealing this balcony to me, and you're actually asking me to give it to you. Not in my own self, not in my own merit, not in my own striving, not in my own willpower, none of that. You're just asking, it's an invitation. I remember sitting in my bedroom that night, and I said, Father, I'm giving this to you. And I said, take it. And I watched day by day by day, the desire, the, 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 the drawing, the calling of that began to just fall off my life. Some of you, that's not for you. That's not your battle. That's not your balcony. But I gave it to him. I gave it to him. And I watched as he began to release it, release it, release it, release it, release it. That's the goodness of our God. He releases us from the things in us that have no place comes to David, says, I'm going to release you from this stuff. 
There's going to be consequences. Can I be honest? I know we're running a little late. God desires your freedom more than you do sometimes, if not all the time. That's a good word, Pastor. Let me tell you about our Father that we serve. He cares more about your freedom than you do. He wants to see breakthrough in your life more than you want to. He wants to see you dance. He wants to see you shout. He wants to see you rejoice. He wants to see you dance in victory. He wants to see you shout in victory. He wants to see you rejoice in victory more than you do. It's an invitation from him. When you're released from stuff, man, there's nothing but you, that you can't do but then shout and scream and rejoice. I, we, we had our son, and um, Rachel comes to me and says, we're going to put him in swaddles. Some of you young people are like, what are you talking about? Parents, swaddles, you know what I'm talking about? You wrap your kid like he's like, a, like I don't even know what, it, what like, like a burrito, like a burrito. Swaddled my son like he was a burrito. The first, like I was like, this is, this has got to be killing him. But when he would wake up, and I would go in and I would begin to unswaddle him. It's like he was like a ninja. He'd just start moving his arms around and feet. He was so happy. He's like freedom. That's the picture of God for us. Once we were bound, once we were gripped, once we were held. But in Jesus, we have freedom. In Jesus, we get laughter. In Jesus, we get joy. In Jesus, we get grace. In Jesus, we get power. Father, show and release. And even better, one up in it, because God, there's always more with him. Come on, how many of you know that to be true? That should be the cry of, there's always more with God. There's always more to learn, always more to experience. Well, I know my Bible front to back. Well, good for you. There's more to learn. Read it again. He not only wants to reveal, release, he wants to restore you back to the position that he's called you to from the beginning of time. Okay, so a few moments later in the, in the story, David has this moment where it's really heavy and dark, and then he gets this prophet come and speak to him, Nathan, and he says, I've, I'm sorry, forgive me, Father. And then moments later, where is David? Right back to the battlefield, to the city that was being besieged in the moment, Reba. He gets right back to that battlefield, to that place where he was intended to be from the beginning. God calls him and says, go right now back to what I have you to do. This is what's awesome. We don't cheapen grace. We don't cheapen God's grace. We don't do any of that. But when God's grace is received, he restores you back to the place that he called you to go from the beginning. You haven't done too much wrong. You haven't pushed him too far away. He calls David back and David goes to the town that he was supposed to go and be at in the springtime when kings go off to war. He goes back there and he wins the victory. David runs back to the battlefield and says, all right, guys, this is, our, this is our time. I'm leading the charge again. I mean, this is crazy God stuff. And we're sitting here executing judgment on people. They don't deserve it. Do you see what they post, Pastor? Do you see what they believe in? Yeah, I see. stuff in my own life. I'm trying. Hello? Oh, they should never be able to never. That's not the story of our God. Hear me. There's repentance. There's confession. Then there's healing. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I, 
I get really scared in moments where we become at a, a so like, I don't need God anymore, I'm good. When actually we're just absolutely getting wrecked and in turmoil. God wants to restore us to the places that he's called for us from the beginning of time. Can, you, can, can, I, can I preach and we're going to sing? I don't know what we're going to sing, but we're going to sing. Maybe I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. We're going to sing that. You guys doing all right? You encouraged. We're going to finish up here. What I tried to restore in my life for years, God spoke one word in a moment. And restoration came. What I spent years trying to achieve, trying to strive for, trying to do, I found myself in the presence of God one time and I said, Lord, can you just restore this stuff? One moment. One moment, one moment. He said to me, I, he showed me a picture and he said, it, it, I, was in the, I, I was in a womb, my mother's womb, I believe. And he said, from that moment, I haven't stopped creating you, designing you, chasing after you, building you, putting things in you. That from that moment, has always been in you for this world. And he said, what you think you've done too much wrong, I'll put you right back on that battlefield right now, Jay. My story is no different for, from anybody else's in this place. What God can do in a moment of restoration, if we just say, Father, this is the stuff in me. This is where I'm struggling with. This is the stuff I've been thinking about. Maybe you don't have some extreme or big time like stuff. Hey, Father, this is keeping me from you. This is, this is a little bit of an idol. Just show me. Release it off of me. And Father, can you restore me? Continue to restore me. Help me. This is the power of our God. Come on. Anybody thankful for the power of our God? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. And His Spirit is here today. It's an invitation today. If you need to... Just have a moment and just say, Father, this is in me. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Do that right now. If you need to be, ask him to show you, just ask him. Where the spirit of the Lord is today, there is freedom. I don't need to lead. The spirit of God is beginning to show And as he shows, just give it to him. I give it to you. I give it to you. I give it to you, Father. Take it. Take it. 
Take it. I've been holding on to this offense. I've been holding on to a balcony of bitterness. I've been holding on to a balcony of gossiping, a balcony of habitual lying. I'm just giving it to you, God. He wants to take it today. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray over you. Just maybe open up your hands and receive this, and then we're just going to sing for a few moments. Parents, if you can, go ahead and go grab your kids at 1130 after I'm done praying, and feel free to come back in, but open up your hands right now. Just, 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 it's a posture of just saying yes to him. It's a posture of surrender to him. It's not some weird charismatic thing. It's just, a, it's a posture of saying yes. So Father, right now, we say thank you. Thank you that you're not done working in us. Thank you that you have not stopped. Thank you that you have not given up on any of us in this room. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're continuing to pursue us, continuing to come and show us, continuing to to show the ways of our Father. So Holy Spirit, right now, we say yes to your work. We say yes to your work in the deepest parts of our hearts and minds. Father, where things have been for far too long, we ask right now that you would release us from it. Oh God, where there's been the spirit of the age, where there's been a spirit of offense, where there's been a spirit of complacency, God, where there's been a a, a spirit of fear, oh God, would you just release it off of the people today? Release it off of this house today, we pray. Take it. Take it right now. And Father, we thank you that you are the great restorer of all things. (laughs) That you don't leave us to try to figure this thing out on our own. That you, you call us by your mighty power and by your grace. You call us forth. You call us to, to the greater depths of your love and of your grace. And so right now, we say yes to the restoring work of your spirit in our lives, in our marriages in our relationships. We say yes to everything that you want to do in us. Thank you, God, that you have called us to fight. You have called us to live out this life on the the battlefields, God. Thank you, God, that you're going to grace us and sustain us, Father. So yeah, we pray for sustaining power to fall upon every person. (laughs) More Holy Spirit. More sustaining power right now. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, God. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this together. Let's just declare this. Let's just declare this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God.